the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back. I feel like I should be a DJ of smooth groove music. This is Andrea Kay from 102.9 The Wave, right? <laughs> the smooth stylings. That was the smooth stylings of jazz legend uh, Snooky Wookabadoo. <laughs> I don't know jazz artists. <laughs> I'm in a mood. Can y'all tell that I'm glad that it's Friday? And I'm also glad that I get to share this time with y'all. I'm glad all the time. Oh, you know, you know one of the reasons why I'm glad today is that I got this book in the mail. I don't know if you guys remember a while back, I had uh, Dr. Shea Bradley Farrell on. She wrote a book called The Last Warning to the Left about Hungary's triumph over communism and the woke agenda. I cannot wait uh, to get into this book uh, because clearly we need to take a page out of this to save America. Uh, this is the eve of Jan 6 tomorrow. We spent some time last hour talking about Joe Biden daring to go to Valley Forge today and give a speech about uh, saving freedom of speech. I mean, uh, it was absolutely ridiculous. We also had Bob Walters with us last hour for his Friday report. If you missed any part of it, be sure to download the podcast wherever you get your pods. I know we behind. I hear you. I've been getting the emails. We'll get those up quickly. Uh, you can also uh, continue to email me at andreakeshow.com, andreakeshow.com. Uh, speaking of, oh, before I go any further, i got to bring in this dude. How can I continue to talk about the hot topics without talking about the hottest side dish going on in America? It is DJ Sesame Broccolini. I love me some Sesame Broccolini. This guy, fiery like a dragon. Like a dungeon dragon. High heat. Sesame. Broccolini. You know, I actually used to volunteer at a local jazz and blues radio station. Here in San Diego, KSDS 88.3 FM. Oh. Broadcast live to you out of San Diego City College. You could run a jazz station. You got the the voice for it. You get the music. Yeah. Yeah. Who was your favorite artist on the jazz station? Uh, Honestly, an incredible amount of respect for Miles Miles Mm. Davis and Mm. everything that he's done. But even... There, there's so many. Art Blakey is really, he mm-hmm. was a drummer that worked with so many different people that pushed them to their limits mm-hmm. um, to be the best musicians possible. One of the original bebop guys, all the big band guys, Glenn Miller. There's so, yeah. there's so many saxophonists, trumpeters. There's Louis Armstrong is definitely up oh, there. 
my um, gosh. Even yes. his scat work, not just the trumpet stuff, the way his performing with Bing mm-hmm. Crosby and stuff. Yeah. Incre- some of the best music you'll ever hear is Satchmo and Bing Crosby. Yep. You need to go down to New Orleans and go to Preservation Hall and listen to some real music, my dude. You would absolutely love that. Um, by the way, speaking of New Orleans, uh, tomorrow is not just uh, the anniversary, third anniversary of January 6th. It's also uh, the beginning of Mardi Gras season. It is King's Day tomorrow, is it not? And uh, I believe it is. And so um, at, people have been, I've been posting on the socials, different king cakes. And people are like, oh, I wish I could get a king cake here. Well, let me tell you, they do deliver out of New Orleans. You can order yourself a king cake. I recommend if you're going to get one. Uh, Dong Fong is not doing any online ordering. They've already sold out for the season. Forget about them. But there's so many other places with amazing king cakes. Uh, you want to get it delivered on a Friday at work. That's the tradition. Whoever gets the baby uh, has to bring the next one the following week so and it's and it's shaped like a crown uh representing uh jesus who is our king and lord and savior so that's actually what mardi gras season is really all about it's really about celebrating jesus all right um gosh how do i go on from that to uh the topics at hand back to the lecture at hand as snoop dogg would say um okay so um on the eve of Jan 6, there was some breaking news today. Judicial Watch. I, I think uh, I was saying today uh, that I think one of the big, one of the worst lies that was told about Jan 6, even bigger in some way. Well, I don't know if I want to say bigger. I mean, the, the fact that the, 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 the false narrative that Trump led an insurrection is it doesn't get much bigger than that. But one of the most toxic, despicable lies that was told was that MAGA protesters actually killed cops on January 6th. Did not happen. Who remembers at this point that they falsely claimed and the legacy media reported that Officer Sitnik was killed by a MAGA protester wielding a fire extinguisher? And they were so committed to the lie that they actually laid him in the rotunda like he was a military hero, like he was a head of state. None of it was true. Who did die that day? Unarmed U.S. veteran military hero Ashley Babbitt. She died that day, as well as Roseanne Boylan. Then, what, four people killed themselves afterwards because of the persecution that took place. But speaking of Ashley Babbitt, Judicial Watch filed a lawsuit today. I think it was $30 million on behalf of Ashley Babbitt's family uh, for negligence. And the lawsuit was against, against the government and their negligence in the day. Um, I don't know. Do you think the uh, Babbitt family will ever see justice uh, for Ashley? It's not going to happen in the criminal courts because Officer uh, Lieutenant Byrd, who shot her at point-blank range, um, has cover, political cover, not just because of the narrative that they need to push, but also because he's a person of color and she's white. Your thoughts? There's a small part of me that's hopeful, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I really don't think so. They... They've gone this far. There, there's, we're, we're beyond the point of no return when it comes to inf- the, the amount of the sheer amount of tyranny that is happening right now. There, there is no yeah. going back. And I'm very, I'm, I, I will pray for her and her family. I'm very, very sorry to hear about everything that has happened, truly, and everything that's happened ever since. But no, I don't think there's going to be any justice for any of the real victims in that situation when we talk about people being persecuted or even killed. No yeah. way. The, this administration and this government has blood on its hands, and. I don't think anything is – we're not going to hear an apology, no remorse, and certainly no justice in any real legal way. 
No, absolutely not. Uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about today was after uh, the, how the establishment Uniparty just it lied to the American people, withheld evidence. Uh, the evidence that, by the way, they actually destroyed evidence uh, that that would have exonerated. They withheld evidence not just from the American people, but actually withheld evidence from courtrooms and from Jan Six defendants in order to assist the the, the federal government, or, or actually it was the federal government, to railroad them into jail. And you know, when once we finally got some of, and, and shame on the Republican Party though for the last three years not getting all the the footage out. There was no excuse for that. Uh, but t- I watched some of the footage today that included basically what amounted to uh, the Capitol Police taking people on a guided tour. One of the people was Matthew Perna, who was looking at nine years and and was and took his life to end the misery. He, 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 what if the, what and what if the Republican Party had released that footage earlier? Maybe he wouldn't have killed himself. Your thoughts? Well, and how about the uh, I mean, certainly. And how about, I mean, when you look at the actual evidence, the tapes, the narratives, and I encourage people, go look online, comb through the the actual information, look at what actually happened that day, you will see police officers letting people into a building, you'll see people strolling around coffee in hand. Oh, yeah. Totally peacefully, calm, cool, collected, no attacks, no rioting. Compared to the average Antifa gathering, quote unquote, it looks like a pretty peaceful protest to me. If you even want to call it a protest. Um, For some people, it certainly was. But the bottom line is that these are true patriots who are concerned about the state of their country. And to try to paint them as terrorists just go it it highlights the true sickness and rot at the core of the government that we have right now. Um, And I don't know how we can move on, but I do know we have to keep talking about this. People should make themselves aware, mm-hmm. get educated on this, start looking at the facts, because all of those left-wing talking points will start to crumble. They'll fall apart at the seams as soon as you start looking at the actual tapes and looking into some of those cases where they do withhold exculpatory evidence because yeah. they can't let the truth get out. They have right. to bury the lead because that gives away the game. Yeah. They, they can't let people put two and two together. And now that we finally are, at least according to that WAPO poll, I, I don't know. The, the tide is changing. I, I hope yeah. more people are waking up and realizing they got duped. Yeah. You got fooled. They tried to pull a fast one. Yeah. You well, and, and if you guys missed it, in last night's show, we talked about there's a Washington Post uh, poll that came out yesterday. 25%, a quarter of the American people believe that the FBI instigated January 6th. That is a huge number. There's another 20-something percent, I don't know if it's 26 or 29 percent of Americans who believe that it's likely. You add those two numbers together, and the majority of American people either think that they flat out believe that the FBI instigated it or probably instigated it. So you think about that. Think about, think about that number despite all of the attempts that they made to cover up the reality of what went down on that day, to demonize Trump, all the lawsuits and the indictments against Trump, the use of the FBI and all their technology to drag every Tom, Dick, and little old lady who roamed around the Capitol that day and throw them in a gulag, all the mainstream media just constantly beating the drum of insurrection, insurrection, and yet still that many. It should be more, but I think that's a huge number given the gaslighting the disinformation campaign, we mark tomorrow not just the third anniversary of January 6th, but the, but the third year of the anniversary of what has been 
the greatest disinformation campaign propagated by the U.S. government, even bigger than the Russian collusion hoax. Even bigger because the Russian collusion hoax and all that was really just about unseating a free and, and that in and of itself is treasonous what went down there. But this was about how can we round up as many innocent Americans as possible and literally keep them as political prisoners in order to not only punish them, but basically send a message to the rest of us. You accept the outcome of an election or else. It's the old Soviet trick of scaring your opponents into silence. Yes. And it's incredibly powerful. It's effective. I do think that we're reaching an inflection point where people are starting to, more people at least who are maybe outside of politics are not totally tuned into it or not as in the weeds as we are finally waking up. But the sheer abuse of power here, I mean, somebody got 17 years in prison for shaking a fence. Yeah. For shaking a fence. I can't think of anything more draconian maybe than just executing your opponents in public. And that's yeah. that's where the slippery slope ends. Maybe it sounds hyperbolic, but it started with the Russia thing because they never thought they'd make it this far. They never thought Trump would actually yeah. be elected and then be even more popular in 2020. So they they did not bet on that. But when it happened, they realized we have to up the ante. We have to do we have to they're trying to break MAGA. They want to break yes. conservative America. And now it's a full court press. Because we're, we haven't gotten down yet. They tried to cut us off at the knees. It didn't work. They tried to cut off Trump at the knees. It didn't work. We're still here. He's still here. And we're still ready to vote for him. Absolutely. Um, yeah. In fact, I'm glad you mentioned that because when it comes to the politics, you know, to hear Ron DeSantis, he, you know, this, I had such hope for him in a future. And my question has been, you long-time Andrea K. Show listeners remember years ago me saying, you know, I love what he's doing in Florida, but I got to hear where he's at in the deep state. And he has literally joined the deep state. And in, in, in order to, it, to demonize Trump in hopes that the deep state's going to catapult him into the, into the White House, he was asked today about what he would have done different on January 6th than Trump. And I want you to play the clip because I'm not even sure if you've heard this. Governor, tomorrow is the third anniversary of January 6th. What would you have done differently than Trump that day? I would have won the election and it would never have been an issue. Wow. So first of all, a couple of things he's saying there. He's basically telling all of us uh, that the election was free and fair and Joe Biden won 80 million votes. That right there makes you so odious to me, I would never vote for Ron DeSantis. Is that not enabling a government that is using every means to steal the elections and to deny us our votes? That's the first thing. Is that? And then the second thing is no mention at all of... What is being done, the the majority of Jan 6 defendants are from the state of Florida. He has done absolutely nothing as a governor to help these people. Steve Friend, who's an FBI whistleblower, gave up his dream career because Florida Jan 6 defendants in Florida were having their constitutional rights stripped. And this guy doesn't give a crap about them. He doesn't care at all about what's happening to the American people because all he cares about is winning his own little piece of power. If Donald Trump decides to go away, I don't... I'm at the point. I don't know that I could vote for DeSantis. That's how I feel. I want to hear from you guys. AndreaKShow.com. Your thoughts, Sesame. Well, it's incredibly arrogant. 
I mean, yeah. it's, and it's, it's dangerously arrogant because they could do the same thing to him. Yeah. He thinks the establishment is all, he doesn't think they're a threat right now. He thinks it's an, a non-issue. Let's see what happens when he's in Trump's shoes. Well, the let's fact let's that say he he's think- actually in that situation. Like it, it, to sit here as an outsider who's never been in Trump's shoes, who's never experienced that, because this is historic. This is yes. unprecedented. This is ne- this kind of thing hasn't happened, not since Abraham Lincoln. Okay, this, this is ridiculously crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so for him to have the gall to sort of to think that it couldn't happen to him or he's untouchable or so popular it wouldn't be an issue. What a clown. Well, what if a he doesn't joke. see, if he thinks that, if he thinks that this is just about Trump, he has no business. He, he is not a conservative fighter. Well, he's not, and he's he hasn't not, been paying it, attention. It, he's not, yeah. He he's not going to go there and do you, anything you about it. You lost the plot, my friend. Yeah. I mean, this was about concentrating power and yeah. completely subverting this republic. Yeah. We will make you, you are no longer a citizen of this country. You're a subject. We yeah. will do, we, that's what this, we're losing this republic. We're losing this country. Say what you well, I don't know if I would vote for Vivek, but at least he's talking yeah. about it and seems to understand it. Because yeah. Ron, I don't know if he just doesn't want to touch it or if he legitimately doesn't understand what's going on. But either way, it's it's either way it's it's it's, it's bad. It's bad, and I and I can't vote for him as a as a result. And his and the D team just continues to uh, double down and get worse and worse and worse in terms of the name calling of Trump supporters as cultist idiots. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. Uh, we got more to talk about because there is breaking news coming out of the Supreme Court today with Trump, so stick with us. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Um, I want to wrap up talking about Trump and uh, the courts. There was breaking news today involving the Supreme Court and Donald J. Trump. Um, Because just to refresh your guys' memory, um, we mentioned it last hour when we were talking about Joe Biden going to Valley Forge and talking about, you know, how we, you know, are never supposed to bow to a dictator. Well, you know, dictators... Uh, are like Zelensky, right, who remove opposition parties and say we're not going to have an election and stop, you know, uh, remove candidates from the ballots. Well, that's what's going on in Ohio and Maine and other states. So after, um, not Ohio, after Colorado, the state Supreme Court there, removed Trump from the ballot, well, he's on the ballot pending an appeal. The Supreme Court has decided to take up the case. We have a clip on that if you can play it from MSNBC. Supreme Court has agreed to take up Donald Trump's appeal of a Colorado Supreme Court decision barring him from the primary ballot. Oral arguments scheduled for February 8th. Many had expected the justices to take up the case. Pressure had been building on the court for the last few days with a slew of other states dealing with 14th Amendment challenges as well. Let's bring. All right. So they're going to hear the case. They're going to hear it in February and plenty of time um, for I mean, not before. I mean, Iowa, everybody's in Iowa right now, but the uh, the uh, the Iowa caucuses are going to continue. Um, I think if I had to have a crystal ball, I think it's going to clearly rule in in, uh, Trump's favor. I would be surprised um, the. There's so many things wrong with the Colorado State Supreme Court. We talked about it ad nauseum. In fact, it's it's on one of the podcasts. But of the seven far-left Democrat judges on the Colorado State Supreme Court, three of them wrote some really harsh dissenting opinions, one including saying – 
How do you take somebody off the ballot for being insurrectionist when you can't even define what insurrection is? He hasn't been charged with insurrection, nor has he been convicted of insurrection. And oh, by the way, the Colorado State Supreme Court does not give you the power to do that in the first place. And Section 3 of the 14th Amendment doesn't say anything about presidents or vice presidents. And I think Section 5 of that also says that it's Congress who gets to enforce the 14th Amendment. So I think, unfortunately, for the left, uh, the Dems on the court are not in, and they're not going to be able to count on Gorsuch going that crazy. Do you agree? Oh, so look, it's such a clear overstep. It clearly, the legal, there is no legal standing. It's I'm not an attorney, but you don't have to be one. Read the Constitution. Look at what's going on here. They never had the ability to do this. They don't have the legal authority to do this. And as we've talked about, and as you just said, there there are so many different points. It'll be interesting to hear oral arguments and mm-hmm. to see what comes oh, out of that yeah. because there is not a single shred of legal precedent or or procedure that supports the Colorado State Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, even that it was a divided decision, four to three which tells me that, that that is a divided house. That was not a decision where they – I'm actually happy to see that. I am pleasantly surprised that it yep. wasn't unanimous because that means setting aside politics for a moment, even maybe biased political judges can see that there is no legal case here. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, well, and any judge yeah. worth their own salt will laugh this out of a – I mean this is, this yeah. is just so – it's laughable. Yeah. It truly is laughable. Absolutely. Speaking of laughable – I don't think we had enough time last night to make fun of Nikki Haley. So I have to have my Nikki Haley daily fix of of Dopey. Um, She actually, I've got two clips. So not only did she step in it again with Ohio, but she's still trying to overcome with Iowa. She's still trying to overcome the Civil War comments that she made. In fact, there's a, I've got a clip that I pulled of her being asked about it because this is how bad it was, right? And uh, she's, she's saying that she's now trying to blame the media, that we're the only ones that are paying any attention uh, to the statement, if you could play that. So, yes, we know the Civil War was about slavery. That's always the case. And I'll remind you that I was the Southern governor that brought down the yeah, Confederate flag after we had a horrific shooting of nine African-Americans that were killed in a church. But, Harris, really, the media is the only one that has talked about this issue. <laughs> no, that's I, not one not person true. on the ground in Iowa, not one person on the ground in New Hampshire or Iowa are talking about it. I've done multiple town halls. Uh, Do you believe that there's more people than just the media talking about what I mean, the media picked up on it. But um, no, I I, I think everybody in the auditorium where she said that and everybody who heard her say that around the country was like, what the huh? (laughs) And I know I don't think I'm ever going to forget that. And I think there are a lot of people that remember that loudly and clearly. And look, it's just a classic gaffe. You're running for president and you don't know anything about basic American history. And you can try to spin it after the fact all you want. But she stepped in it big time. She did. And then she she tries to double down by saying, oh, you know, I'm the one that took down the Confederate flag. Okay. As if, by the way, that's a rational yeah. response. Like, oh, I, I, I'm. Okay. What does that have to do with, sla- yeah. with with slavery? By the way, or the or the Civil War? Um, Bill Clinton had the Confederate flag on his campaign buttons. Okay, um, that doesn't have anything to do 
that action doesn't have anything to do with answering a question as to what the Civil War was all about. And number two, that's not a selling point for her, that she joined in with the left trying to demonize a piece of fabric which resulted in the Dukes of Hazard being taken off the air and launched the whole statue removal movement in this country. So the fact that she even thinks that that's removing the Confederate flag as a selling point is a head-scratcher. Yeah, it is. One, it's paved, it opened the door to taking down the Reconciliation Monument in Arlington. Yes. They, the leftists don't want to reconcile, and Nikki Haley is a leftist. She uses their talking points. She believes in them, whether it's illegal immigration or anything. Like It's very clear that she is not... I think she is controlled opposition at this point. Yeah. I think she's been planted. I think the big donors got in her in her ear early on, and they said, we can win over mild Republicans or moderates and independents, and we can do this, and we can carve out enough people, and there's a path to victory. I don't think that that's true at all. No. But I do. she's the most establishment, wishy-washy, um, just no sense of conviction and no understanding of truly it's so sad. How, how can you be running for president? When you don't even understand the history of the country that you're running in. Well, and 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 not to mention the fact that speaking of arrogance, mm-hmm. she's so she is as arrogant as DeSantis, and 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 as bad of a campaigner, and is so lacking. Her in messaging charisma, is equally as terrible. And just terrible. In fact, I've got another clip. Evidently, she completely insulted Iowa voters, and she was asked about it. Uh, she's like she's a walking gaff machine. If you could play that clip. You said this week that Iowa will start this process and then New Hampshire will correct it. What do you say to Iowa caucus goers who take this process really seriously and maybe felt that their voices were being dismissed? It was all in fun. You know, I mean, look, (laughs) it has been 11 months of me doing this, over 150 town halls, answering every question, shaking every hand, being the last person to leave. If you come to our town halls, we have fun when we're talking about the Q&A. Not only that, I was governor of a early state, South Carolina. We were always, we had a pact. I was always going to be the first caucus. New Hampshire was always going to be first in the nation. South Carolina was going to be the first in the South. And we would banter against each other. That's all this is. And, you know, I think that's the problem with politics. People take it all so seriously. Um, She was, uh, what? She's trying to act as though she was having fun and joking around what is talking what is what does that have to do with south carolina when she says well you know i was going to kick it off but new hampshire is going to correct it what in the world does that have anything to do with south carolina what does that have anything that's her idea of a sense of humor (laughs) what so her talking points are terrible she's also not funny um, I think we. I think she. She's not very. She's not very relatable. That's the thing that uh, just terrible. keeps coming up over and over and over again. That's one of her biggest issues. That might be her Achilles heel. She is just not relatable for for the average American. And honestly, I think she looks down at a lot of Americans. I think that she's talking down to those people in Iowa. Of course I, she I, is. She, and, I and think this is a big, clear belittling. She uh, is, you know, somebody, some nine-year-old was put up to uh, calling yeah. her John Kerry. I don't like children being used as props like that. She's actually Mitt Romney. You know, isn't that what Vivek called her? Said, no, was it... Did he say that she was Mitt Romney? Well, in she's heels? also Dick Cheney in heels. Dick Cheney, he called her Dick Cheney in heels. I think she's more Mitt Romney in heels. Is quite <laughs> frankly who I think she is. Um, I don't think she's as smart as Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney could could run a family. Okay, I mean he could totally 
um, run Dick Cheney OB, was master, allegedly masterminding like huge yeah. geopolitical. Like he, he, she's not smart enough to be compared to Dick Cheney. No, but that's the that's the point. That's why they like her. She's an empty yes. suit. She doesn't have her own agenda. She doesn't have. She's a leftist, just like Romney was, the architect of exactly. Obamacare, and the best kind because she doesn't know it yet. So it's right. perfect for controlled opposition. You can pitch yourself as a Republican, but run like a Democrat and act like a Democrat and vote like a Democrat and think like one of us. But we'll, it's another psyop on the American people. They want you to think this is the Republican Party. We don't have a real Republican Party. We really do no. not, or at least not a real conservative party no, in this country. No, if we did, we, we wouldn't have had 10 million illegal aliens being allowed to pour in here Bingo. in the last you know, three years under this. We wouldn't have a man who sold off this country to line the pockets of his crackhead kid, speaking at Valley Forge today, calling 75 million Trump supporters extremist. And referring to a former president as, as Hitler and Nazis. We wouldn't be having that. They're getting away with this because the Republicans are allowing it. And Nikki Haley is the face of that. And I'm actually glad that she's out there on the campaign trail. This is why I'm talking about her at night. Because it's a reminder to the American people that that is what we're up against. This is what Trump was up against. This is the establishment. And we are not going to – I don't know at this point – where we go from here and how we can save the nation, but we're going to continue to fight for it. I feel like the Lord put us in, in uh, here at this time and it must be for a reason. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. There's some other stories to get into tonight and we are going to, when we come back later on in the show, we're also going to have hero of the week and stink of the week. I already put up one of my nominees last night talking about a teen in Texas who saved the life of her friends during a road rage incident and then passed away. But we got more to talk about, so come on back. Andrea Kay, telling you like it is, while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. What are you guys going to do for fun this weekend? Assess me, do you ever go to the movies? Are you a big movie guy? Huge. Oh, you are? Uh, the Academy Awards uh, nominations came out. I don't know um, if you've seen any of the award, the uh, movies that were nominated. Apparently, I guess, they've now increased the number of movies and number of people that can be nominated. Which, I mean, you know, what is it going to be like, nine hours for the... I don't watch the Oscars anymore, but it was always long in the first place. So, like, if you're going to have 15 Best Picture nominations you're going to have 15 different segments where they talk about each movie and they play a little clip from it i mean I, I, you know and apparently reportedly taylor swift's movie about her tour is one of the top movies of the year can you explain that to me i don't um i i, I really can't explain that um and i also can't explain the fact that i think harvard will now be offering this spring a whole course on Taylor Swift called Taylor's World or something. Um, I'm not a student at Harvard, but I would love to sit in on that class uh, for opening for the first day of that. So I I don't know what's going on. But I I also, just in this whole world of entertainment, I'm sure you saw, but unfortunately the next Star Wars movie, the director of the next Star Wars movie, is a rabid man-hating feminist who will... uh, Further poison what was once a great franchise. Um, rest in peace to an incredible series uh, 
imagined by George Lucas. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. The, the, we're in a very weird situation culturally because it's like people don't want to make art anymore, just tell no. interesting stories. Everything's got to be a statement, and it's got to be a yeah. leftist statement. Yeah, like, um, uh, by the way, I've never seen a Star Wars movie ever not my not my not my jam you know as a kid i never like not liked, even a minute of it no i don't like science fiction well i came across one scene you don't of, like any sci-fi no really well the uh, well if it's considered sci-fi i used to like reruns of a tv show called night gallery okay i used to like night gallery have you ever seen black mirror any of their episodes no. that show no, no. Never it's even sort heard of, of it's it. sci-fi meets psychological thriller it's very interesting but i'd recommend that if you're just kind of curious but not really a huge sci-fi fan no, I mean, I just uh, find Land, that surprising. I, I liked um, what was the movie with the um, Danger Will Robinson? There was a not a movie; it was a TV show when uh, I was a, a kid. That um, they've made movies out of it, but you know, it was supposed to be on outer space. I mean, I just never bought into it. Okay, and I just never. Yeah. I've always been like a, Interstellar. That's not your thing. That movie, Interstellar. No, no, really, The Martian. No. no. I saw The Martian with Matt Damon yeah. and slept through a lot of it. <laughs> okay. I did Just one, like... Just one slap in the face after another. Yeah, I here. did like Passengers. Okay. All right. With uh, Chris... What's his name? I don't remember his last name. Chris... He's married to... Chris Pratt? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. tried watching Guardians of the Galaxy, made it through the opening part where he's playing the 80s music, and then when these weird fictional completely ridiculously unbelievable characters came on the screen i changed the channel and never looked back and i have family that worked on that movie i know that people are you know love it um they also worked on guardians of the galaxy too i I have have family that works on all those movies and i never see (laughs) (laughs) i'm more interested in i've always liked a character-driven movie um, some of the movies, and I'm curious what you guys think. I mean, um, activism and politics has completely destroyed every aspect of our society, our society, including one of the greatest contributions to the world, in my opinion, the entertainment industry. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's one of the greatest things that America did because yep. movies and music and TV shows can transport you to another place in time it can evoke such emotions i know that the color purple has been remade and i don't know if it's one of the ones that was nominated for an an academy award do you have any of the the list yeah i have some of the list up i um am grieving over the fact that they remade it and turned it into some lesbian thing because i the first time i saw that movie i was a teenager and i was so glad i saw it by myself because the end of the movie had me sobbing. It just was such an emotional ride for me. And it was so pure in the, the you know, with Whoopi Goldberg in the in the first one. It was yeah. just such a glorious She was really movie. good in that role. And they just destroyed it. Um, it's got um, uh, American fiction, which was supposed to be a great movie, but it's anti-white where they openly hate on white people. It's, I guess the story is a black guy writes a fictional um, novel about black people. And, and there's a scene in there to where somebody's mother, oh, I thought you were white. And, and she says, no, I'm glad I'm not. And the other black gal says, yeah, me too. And I mean, it's just like, 
you know, if you want to tell a story about a guy who, ha- who a black guy who has to write this fictional thing about being black, fine. But you, don't, why do you have to hate on white people? Well, and that's the thing. You can take interesting moments or even things that are topical or political and weave them into your story and, and touch on certain points without just completely overtly making it about dunking and always targeting one group of people yeah. over and over and over again. It really is. I don't, I don't know why, but it's, there's like an anti-America, anti-white caucus of people in these or in Hollywood that just decide that we need more content bashing. I don't know if they want a race war or what it is, but it's like Al Sharpton comes out with another bogus talking point, and they say that's the that's the baseline yeah. for our new movie. That's that's where they're getting their guidance and their plot points from. They well, I do think race baiting. Yeah, I do think that they want a civil war in this country. Yeah. you know there is something called predictive programming, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that the Leave the World Behind movie, which was absolutely terrible, and by the way. Um, I love that there's some actresses that are so not vain that they're willing to go without makeup or whatever. But Julia Roberts <laughs> has been doing it since she was young and attractive because she obviously thinks she's so beautiful that she doesn't need makeup even in her 50s. I don't want to see her cast again as somebody that a, a guy just, you know, uh, you know, because there there's a, a scene in there in which she's just irresistible. There ain't that dude would not have wanted her. Okay, let's just be real. So that bothered me, and I got to keep saying it because I just I, I hate. Um, she's such a lefty, and that I'm curious to hear. I want to know if any of the listeners but, have heard, have watched that that movie, by the it, way, because it's terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Now there's a new series or movie coming out called Civil War. Really, but that movie leave the world behind. Was anti-white in mm-hmm. which uh, is you know don't trust white people yep. in that so they clearly want a civil war. Um, I think K- Killers of the Flower Moon was one of the movies nominated. Uh, that is about dredging up in anti-Americanism, in my opinion. They they tried to drag a pioneer woman who married into uh, Osage County royalty, mm-hmm. if you will, the Drummond family. Um, that's what that movie's about. Uh, Barbie is one of the movies, um, that was nominated for sound original song. I'm not sure what else. Um, I tried since it was streaming for free. I didn't make it through the credits. I didn't make it through the opening part of Barbie before I thought this is the dumbest thing I think Uh, I've ever seen in my entire life. It's been a weird break. Some conservatives love it. Some despise it. I don't know if it's a feminist movie or or I, I don't know if it's political or not. I haven't seen a second of it. I don't know anything about the story. I just thought it was visually insulting to my intelligence. Visually. Visually. I thought, I'm an adult. Am I supposed – is this supposed to appeal to me as an adult? That I mean, you know, I didn't play with Barbies as a kid. I, it's maybe it's because of the same thing with science fiction. I can't suspend my disbelief enough to want to sit and watch a movie with this kind of it. The Jetsons were so much more realistic when I was a kid as a cartoon than this bag of crap. I mean, I, I, help me to understand out there if you're an adult that you could force yourself to sit and watch that. I I can't put my I I just can't. I don't. Neither can I. But I. I, I don't s- sit as an adult by myself with a dollhouse, and 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 play. No, but but I will say that's a lot different than something like Interstellar, where you're dealing with maybe the possibility of black holes or space travel. Or like, I think a lot of science fictions. It, you may not like it, but it's not going to insult your intelligence necessarily in the same way. That, right. Like, I think, like, you could lose brain cells watching Barbie. Yes. But I think, I think you could regain them. Like, there's some. There's certain science movies where it's like this is clearly fiction, but. 
you could see it happening at some point in the future, and it plays on the real laws of physics. Interstellar, all their calculations, they had actual physicists and scientists in the studios doing the calculations to make sure that it was right. And the same for The Martian. So I, I do think that a lot of other sci-fi is far above the low, the sort of low IQ modern stuff that's coming yeah. out of so many different... Um, I, don't, I guess it's entertainment. It's, yeah. it's weird that entertainment's in this place. I don't know if they're out of ideas or what, but this well, is... You know, Maestro um, is is also one of the ones nominated. Bradley Cooper. Maestro. Maestro. Bradley Cooper. It's about Leonard Bernstein. Oh. Composer Leonard yeah. Bernstein. Uh, Cooper directed it and starred as Bernstein. And um, I tried watching a little bit of that. And I think it's one of those movies to where it, um, he, it, it, it appeals to... Other directors and other people that about how to make a movie, but from an entertainment value, I thought it was the most self-indulgent bag of crap I've ever seen in my life. Really? Glorifying a a man who, and a woman who chooses to marry a man knowing that he's having sex with other men. And that's ultimately what the message is about. Wow. And he can just, I don't care about the amount of, he, he could sit and for six hours getting a big nose put on his face. It didn't save the movie for me. There's my thoughts on that. Do you guys have any thoughts? Have you seen any of the movies? Do you care? Email me at andrewkshow.com. Stay with us. More coming up. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Finishing up the show with Hero of the Week and Stink of the Week. Um, hmm. I I think I'm going to have to give Hero of the Week to the teen girl that I talked about last night. 17 years old. Uh, she, a boyfriend and, and another male friend, were going to go watch a sunrise. They accidentally cut off another driver on the road who got enraged and started shooting and shot her in the chest. And she had the presence of mind to pull over and save her friends before she died. That's my hero of the week. My stink of the week is uh, going into Jan 6 tomorrow with the occupant of the White House going to Valley Forge and stepping and spitting on our founders and the brave Americans that died for our freedoms so that he could go there and trample on them in the course of stealing them from all of us. Your thoughts? Uh, absolutely. Um, Your hero instinct? Yeah. Uh, I think my hero, I, I, at first I wasn't sure, but I think it's probably Christopher Rufo. I'm not sure if anyone's familiar, but he's been a huge oh, yeah. part of breaking the story about about Claudine Gay um, and sort of helping her or helping people, you know, push back on Harvard and, you know, re- reclaim the narrative. So I, I think, I mean, just now I'm, I'm looking, he's constantly posting and constantly doing hard work. And now he's starting a fund, you know, throwing ten, thousands of dollars into a fund to start looking for plagiarism throughout the American university system. I think that's one of the best things that we could do right now is yeah. start investigating every college. This plagiarism thing, I don't think this is new. I think it's far more common than we know. But either way, I want to know the truth. Is Tip it or is it not? Yeah, what's yeah. going on? So I, I all of the all of the work is just incredibly it's incredibly nice to have 
some journalists out there or some investigators yeah. who are actually looking for answers and truth, regardless of where it takes them. Absolutely. I respect that. In fact, runner-up for the stink of the week for me is Claudine Gay continuing to blame others and blame racism. She's my stink of the week. Oh, is she a good choice? Blaming the, making this whole thing about race is so tasteless and so nasty and just so lowbrow. It is... It is truly despicable, and she's going to keep this big, cushy salary, it seems like, Mm -hmm. and she hasn't apologized for any of it, and she just seems like such a weasel. Yeah, totally. Truly, scum of the earth to me. Total, total, because this is this is theft of intellectual property, and I'm glad that Rufo is going to be digging because I think it's the tip of the iceberg, yep. and it just makes me curious how many <laughs> other big names that are considered, that are all pundits and all over mm-hmm. everywhere and podcasters and all over the legacy <laughs> media that are nervous tonight, maybe wearing an adult diaper, because Christopher <laughs> Rufo is going to do some digging. So great. Great choice there. All right. We love you guys. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great weekend. Uh, I think we should be flipping the script and calling tomorrow Patriots Day. And uh, let's honor those that died on that day and those that committed suicide after having been persecuted by the government. And pray for those still locked in the gulags. And we will see you on Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Download the podcast wherever you get your pods. Email me at andreakshow.com, andreakshow.com. Peace out. Keep your head on a swivel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.